Right to be read podcast, episode number 118, interview with Dan Norris. You are listening to the Right to be Read podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander. Hello, everyone. It's me again, Ani Alexander, and I welcome you to the Right to be Read podcast, the podcast that inspires and encourages writers. So before we start, I would like to let you know that um, I have created a resources page on my website, which you are more than welcome to check out. Uh, why I decided to come up with that is because I'm getting more and more questions about different things that I'm using, different courses, different tools, different websites, and so on. So I decided to come up with a very short, small list of things that I prefer using. But I will be coming up with more resources and short guides and blueprints and uh, lists of things that authors are using. So you will be getting more of those quite soon. As for now, please check out www.annealexander.com backward slash my resources and you will get like the most frequently used things that uh, I'm having in there. Okay, and there is one more thing I would like to let you know before we start today's episode. Actually, for you, the listeners of the Right to be Read podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their services. So to download your free audiobook today, and by the way, you can choose from over 180,000 titles, download your free audiobook today, go to www.audible.com annealexander.com backward slash audiobooks. So again, that's www.annealexander.com backward slash audiobooks for your free audiobook. Okay, and I guess I don't want to waste too much of your time and we can go straight away to uh, an interview which I really enjoyed doing and uh, let's go ahead and find out who has come to the show this time. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Right to be Right podcast. Today, I have a really uh, nice and special guest. His name is Dan Norris. He's an entrepreneur, speaker, award-winning content marketer, and author of a best-selling book, which is called The Seven Day Startup. And now he's going to launch a new book, Content Machine, which I think is another thing which may interest us too. So welcome, Dan. I'm really happy to have you over and thanks for coming. Oh, no worries. Thanks for having me. You, you made me sound kind of important. That was nice. Thank you. <laughs> well, I, I think, you know, most of the people who know you uh, know that although, uh, you know, what I said is true and you are important, but at the same time, <laughs> you're kind of very, you know, close to people and easy to approach kind of guy. So it's, you know, uh, from talking to you and getting connected, one won't really feel that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, uh, I mean, I always ask this because it's, it's something that uh, interests me a lot. I mean, why people who are successful online, who have their own businesses and who kind of, you know, manage to leave the nine to five rat uh, race uh, end up deciding 
also to write books. So why did you kind of, you know, on top of everything you're doing, uh, came up with the idea to write a book? Um, well, it's a lot of fun now, but, <laughs> but the, the first book, I, I really didn't know what I was doing. I think I'd never really thought about writing a book. I'm not sure why, because I'd written hundreds and hundreds of blog posts. And I think I, I think at the end of last year, I presented at a conference and I calculated how much content I'd created versus how much was in the actual book. And I think the book represented 4% of the total content I'd created. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so it's not like, <laughs> it's not like I wasn't capable of writing a book. Technically I've written 20 or 30. Actually, I'm not very good at maths. Anyway, a hundred divided by four or whatever, 25 books in terms of written content. But, um, I think for that first book, I think someone just said, you should write a book. I went home and I spent a few afternoons of the next couple of weeks uh, putting these ideas into a book. And this content was stuff that was in my head. Like the seven-day startup is, it's not like a, it's not something I made up. It's, it's, it's my story in a way. And it's mm -hmm. my story told in a way that's actionable and useful for people. And that helps them start a business quickly and learn um, as quickly as they can. So it was a very easy book to write. It, it only took me one or two weeks to get the first draft of it out. And then it just ballooned from that, from uh, me planning on uploading it to my website as a PDF through to um, having an editor, a formatter, a designer, all reach out to me to work on it for free. And before I knew it, I, and I had a book marketing guy um, giving me advice towards the end. And before I knew it, it was up on Amazon and it was, it was blowing up. So I, I, a lot of the times when stuff like this happens, it's you look back afterwards and think, why didn't I actually do that before? But It, the, usually the reason is because you don't think of it. Like I just never thought of doing it before. Um, and once I did it once, it was only, I think, um, three weeks after my first book came out and I was still really excited about it. I was on a plane uh, from the Gold Coast to Singapore heading over to a conference in Bangkok and I started writing Content Machine then. That was in October last year. And I think I wrote the first 12,000 words in six hours on that flight because I was so excited about writing another book because I'm a glutton for punishment, I guess. <laughs> well, you, as you already mentioned, you had written a lots of uh, blog posts and created uh, tons of content. So how different it was to write a blog post from writing actually and, and you know, uh, uh, the, was the approach different from writing a blog post to writing a book or you found it very similar to each other? Well, the, the approach really wasn't that different. The, the main difference is that I had a, an editor and still have an editor. This time I'm paying her, which is nice of me. The first time, the, the first time she offered to do it for me for free and probably didn't realize what she was getting herself into. <laughs> But um, I had people review my first book and just say, this just reads like a bunch of blog posts. And I'm like, well, I don't really read books that much, so I don't really know what a book's supposed to read like, but it kind of is a bunch of blog posts, so I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but um, I've got an editor who is amazing who makes sure my books don't read like a bunch of blog posts, and uh, that, was, that was the major difference. And, and that process going from, I mean, like I, I used to write two, 3,000-word articles and just put them up, no editing Mm -hmm. I'm sure there was typos in them. There was structural issues. There's probably things wrong with them, but I would just get them out. But with the book, it's it's a huge process you go through after you've written it, and it's it it's a little bit frustrating at times. But um, I, I feel good right at this moment because it's it's kind of coming to an end. 
So uh, let's just think about, uh, you know, how did uh, eventually when you had this book as a PDF and you already had the audience who was interested in the topic and they downloaded quite a lot of it, I, I suppose. Later on, it ended up on Amazon and you, um, you became like, you know, published author, let's say. So the status changed a bit there. <laughs> so uh, what happened next? I mean, were you from those writers who kind of ended up checking their statistics every hour and seeing what happens with the book and how well it's selling? Oh, yeah. I'm addicted to vanity metrics. Um, it, even today, I, I put up a thunderclap campaign, which is like a pre-scheduling oh, yeah. of people sharing the book. Did you see that on Facebook? I didn't see your campaign specifically, but yeah, I know I know the, about Thunderclap. It, it's really great too. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been, I've been refreshing that all day. Actually, I'm going to refresh it right now. So I'm, so I'm, yeah, I'm really addicted to these vanity metrics. I mean, they don't necessarily help you too much, but they make you feel really good. Oh, there you go. I feel amazingly good right now because we just hit our goal. I had a goal, a 22-day goal of getting 100 supporters, and we just got 100 supporters in one day. Oh, great. I'll, I'll make sure I go back and, and support your campaign too. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I did, the, I did the same thing with the book. Like when we launched it on Amazon, um, it was free for the first week with a seven-day startup, and Content Machine's going to be free for three days, I think. And I was... Like I literally, I remember just the day before just thinking like, I, I have no idea what's going to happen here. Like this could potentially go well. It's got a cool sort of name. I've got a cool story. Um, it looks good. It looks like a proper book. It's been edited. Like it's all legit. But I had never done anything like this before. I literally had no idea what was going to happen. And in that first week, it got downloaded 13,000 times. And it went, it, it, it went straight to the top of the free listings in small business, like on the day of launch. Mm -hmm. And um, when it went from free to paid, it stayed number one or two for like three or four months in small business and startups category and, and went on to sell, I think, um, 15,000 more copies after it went to paid and a bunch of, I mean, other, other amazing stuff happened, but yeah. Okay. So did that, this book actually help you with your other activities and other stuff you were doing in, in terms of your business, speaking gigs and stuff like that. What did the book brought as added value to what you already had? Yeah, well, I actually had never spoken at conferences before. And, and the first conference I spoke at was WordCamp in Sydney. And I spoke at it the day before the book launched. And um, I talked about WP Curve and I talked about the fact that I'd written this book. And even then I'm like, I think this book's coming out tomorrow. You guys should check it out. And some guy in the audience is like, actually, it's up on Amazon now. And I'm like, oh, cool. Well, you know more, more than I do about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, since then, I've, I've presented in conferences in um, Bangkok, in Sydney, in the Philippines just recently, Chris Ducker's event. Oh, yeah. I've got I'm one in Melbourne coming up, one in Brisbane, pro blogger on the Gold Coast. Uh, my businesses are going amazingly well. And, and um, the community for this book is just amazing, like our Facebook group and the community of people who've read this book and gone and started a business is, is phenomenal. So yeah, a lot of amazing things have happened. Okay, so can you say that actually uh, there is something about, uh, you know, when, when someone publishes a book and especially if the book does well later on, it adds up to the credibility and reputation of that person? Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about that. Um, I just had a mate who's published a book called The End of Jobs and I, I was sitting in a meeting with him in like a, at the, the, the conference in Bangkok that I mentioned before that I spoke at, there's a little breakout um, like workshops with, tw with 20 or so people. And there was a workshop on, on how to write a book. And Taylor and I were sitting in that room and he, he's a, 
a blogger. I'm not sure if he calls himself a blogger, but he writes a lot of content on his site. And he was sort of saying, you know, I'm thinking about writing a book. And he just released it two weeks ago. It's number one in small business at the moment on Amazon. He was just interviewed on James Altucher's Ask Altucher podcast. It's sold, I think, 5,000 copies already. And um, I mean, he's, he's literally, if you look at Amazon right now, he's up there alongside Elon Musk and Peter Thiel and James Altucher. So it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. If you can write the book and then really hit on a nerve that gets people's attention and do a good job marketing the book, then it can really open some amazing doors. And I, th- I think one really small, silly thing that, that people probably may not think about, I mean, I don't think about because I'm not a, a physical objects person. I don't really own anything. I've got a skateboard and a surfboard, but that's all. I don't own any books or anything like that. Um, <laughs> but if you've got a physical book, and, and in my case, the Tom Morks, who's the guy who did the marketing for my book, basically mm-hmm. taught me all of this when I launched it. You can use a service called CreateSpace on Amazon to print physical books yes. that doesn't cost you a cent. Like they're just print on demand. Yes. And um, so my first book literally did not cost me a cent. I paid Tom to work for me for a month. That's the only, the only amount of money I paid. And I ended up with a physical book that's, you know, being translated into five languages. I've give, given it away at conferences and for prizes and, you know, people have taken photos of them reading it over in Vietnam and other other countries and like having something physical and tangible just takes that authority to a whole new level and it's and it's really not that hard to do. Oh yeah, exactly. It's it's kind of, you know, I've noticed this too that if you have the paperback option for the book, even if people don't buy the paperback and get along with the ebook, but the bare fact that it's there kind of adds to the credibility and it, it I mean psychologically it has kind of a stronger effect, let's say. Yeah. Yeah, right. and you can you can um I, I was actually surprised. I haven't done a lot of this, but you can order a bulk order of these books from Create Space. I think you pay about three dollars each and then you pay shipping, which if you live at the opposite end of the world like me, it's it's quite a lot. But, oh yeah, um, yeah. I know that too. Yeah. It's the same here. <laughs> yeah, but but it's still it's still not too bad. And you, you can give away the books at conferences and things. And I've I've done that a couple of times. Like I've had three or four spare ones and given it to people, and people are like, wow that's so cool. Like they really like it. And and like if someone gave me a book, I'd probably be like, well, just send me the PDF so I don't have to, you know, (laughs) I'm not a books person, but um, other people like they really associate value with that physical book. And it's a nice thing to do to be able to print a bunch off and and hand them out to people. Oh yeah. I think that for, for people who really love reading books and kind of, you know, have libraries at home and have physical books out there for them, I mean, getting the paperback copy with the author's signature from the author himself, you know, emotionally, it's a very valuable thing to have. Yeah, see, I can't even read my own writing, so I can't imagine why anyone else would want me to write on the inside cover of a book, but um, I might have to get better at writing if I'm going to be doing more of that. Oh, yeah, (laughs) you will have to. Okay, so you mentioned that, and and I, you know, I uh, by now my listeners know already that marketing of the book has, you know, the biggest uh, impact and effect about how it will be doing later on. So Tom Marcus, who's been on our show as well, uh, you know, he knows tons of things about marketing, and he's been very successful in what he does. So can you maybe pinpoint one or two things from the things that you've done that you think are the things that worked best and had like the biggest positive impact on the success of the book? Well, I'll tell you two things. One is that I 
embrace content marketing and um, that's why I've written a book about it because it's an amazing trust builder and an amazing community builder and I've put out so much content in the last four or five years that I've got thousands of people around me that are willing to support me when I do a project like this and Mm -hmm. the only reason they're doing that is because of this content marketing that I've embraced. So that's that's one thing. Um, The other thing which is something I talk about in the book and it's something I learned from Tom is there's a there's always like, like you assume there's people in your audience that are going to be very passive and then there's people who are going to share. Um, and that's sort of the way I always used to think about it. You've got a bunch of people who are just going to read your stuff occasionally and then a bunch of other people who are going to share it, you know, when something really resonates. But there's another bunch of people in your audience who like really want to advocate for you. And this is something that I never would have even thought of. Like I never would have thought someone would join a, a group for the sole purpose of marketing the book or would would opt in on an email list to help you promote the book. Like I never thought that contingent of people would exist in my audience, but they do and they're extremely powerful. So one of Tom's strategies is to build an ambassador list. So before you mm-hmm. reach, uh, before you market a book, you've got a bunch of people who can sort of go into bat for you. And oh, yeah. that's the number one reason. I'm, I'm 100% positive that's the number one reason why the first book took off. And I mean, the fact that I'm just looking at this thunderclap thing now, in one day I've, got a hundred people just by posting it on Facebook. I've got a hundred people to back to, 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 to tweet or update their Facebook on the 10th of August when this comes out mm-hmm. with a link to the book. And, and the reach of that is 200,000 people on the combined audience of these people. So that's, I mean, that's amazingly powerful and that's just from cultivating a group of ambassadors. Yeah. And I think that it, it all comes from all those years of, you know, being genuine and authentical and give, giving out so much content for free. So it's kind of, you know, it builds up what you already have now. And it kind of, you know, you, you already have the audience in place. You've already connected with them at a certain level. So it's it kind of, you know, it's a way to pay back, I guess, and, and say thank you for everything you've done up to now. Yeah, and it's a, and it's, it's a cool thing because um, like, like with my content, I've always had businesses around that content and, you know, the, the people who are in the audience have helped promote those businesses and, and some of them have become customers, but you're not always going to become a customer of someone because you like their content. So you, you, in many ways, you, you kind of probably feel like you owe the person, you know, you want to thank them for doing what they do. Um, but but you're not necessarily ready to sign up to their service. So, like, th- these guys love helping me. And, and I do the same thing as well when other people create lots of content. Like, my mate Taylor just emailed me a week before his launch and said, well, you support this on Thunderclap. And I'm, and another one, another of my mates did the same thing a couple of weeks ago. And I'm always super keen to do that because, like, I really appreciate when people are putting this stuff out there for free. And, oh, yeah. and that's why content marketing works because it, it's like a, you're, in, you're putting money into this account and it's, people are, are standing by ready to help you when, when you launch something like this. Oh, yeah, exactly. So let's, uh, let's go to your first book, The Seven Day Startup. And, uh, you know, by now it has already inspired thousands of entrepreneurs to actually, you know, take action and launch their ideas and, you know, uh, start up, um, you know, start their startups and, and become uh, real about what they have always dreamed and talked about. So let's try to kind of project one of our listeners like theoretically and have this, you know, writer who works somewhere he doesn't really like to be 
and who who writes on his spare time and who would eventually like to transition, you know, from this day job into becoming author entrepreneur, let's say. What what's the process? I mean, uh, where should this person start and you know what he should do actually besides going ahead and writing on his spare time well i mean i guess the key is you you need to impact people that's that's what you need to be able to get to it's there's no point in writing anything there's no point in creating anything if it's not going to involve some kind of change in people and with with my first book like the reason i know it's been successful is because I, i see people starting businesses in different ways than they did before and whether they're successful or not you know some of them are some of them aren't but that they've changed as a result and mm-hmm. that's that's what you need to be aiming for and, and it's the same thing with content if you're going to be doing a lot of content marketing the amount of blog posts you put out is is not important and what you need to be looking at is the impact you're having and um some people get that really wrong they'll be too focused on analytics and they won't really understand the impact they're having and i, I think it's hard because a lot of the time it's very hard to be honest with yourself to say to yourself that you're not having as much impact as you want. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely where I was for a lot of years, uh, you know, writing, I think I wrote half a million words before I had a piece of content that did well. And I think a lot of other people are the same. It's you, you're creating a lot of content. You kind of think it's good, but you're not really willing to be honest with yourself and admit that it's really not having the traction that you needed to have. So the number one thing is to have an impact on people. I think the the only way to get there is to differentiate because you need to get attention before anyone's going to be impacted by anything. And so in, in Content Machine, I talk a hell of a lot about differentiation. I, I have about six or seven stories, an entire chapter of um, I think like 10,000 words on examples of how you can differentiate with content marketing because that's how important it is. If, if you're creating a lot of content and you're just doing the same thing as everyone else, it's not going to get noticed and you're not, never going to have a hope. So, But you're not honest with yourself about what impact you're actually having. And if you're not having an impact, then think about how you can differentiate and think about what's missing in your industry. And I, my philosophy for this book is how do you be an entrepreneur but be an entrepreneur content marketer? So, mm-hmm. so what entrepreneurs do is they, they look at a market that is healthy, they, they look at a place where people are spending money and they think about how they can do it differently to get people's attention, to give them money instead of someone else. That, that's what entrepreneurs do and that's what content marketers need to do as well. They need to go into a space where there's plenty of attention, there's plenty of people reading content and creating it and sharing it, but they need to go into that with, with an angle, something that's going to grab attention and uh, eventually use that to build trust and, and build a business. And that's, that's why I've written this book and Hopefully, uh, this book will, will show people exactly how to do that. Okay, I see. So, since everyone is different, can we say that a way of differentiation can be kind of, you know, um, mixing a little bit or, you know, sharing a little bit of your personality along with your content? It can be. But the thing with differentiation is it's it's not necessarily differentiating from other content marketers. It's It's differentiating from other people who have the attention of your audience. So, so the example I'll give you is with the, the brewery that I'm working on, um, Black Ops Beer. So if, if you go to blackops.com.au forward slash blog, you'll see a blog there that's all about uh, starting a brewery, uh, how to design decals, how to, what recipes we use for brewing beer, um, you know, how we're getting investors for this brewery. Like it's, if you want to start a brewery in Australia, th- this blog, I'm very confident, is going to be the best place 
the best story for you to follow in order to do that because we're releasing all this information. It's, it's real information. It's not just like listicles and other crap. And the thing with differentiation is like I could do that in the online marketing world, but it would get no attention. Like if, if I said, okay, I'm going to start this online marketing business. This is what I'm doing. This is you know what I'm thinking about when I start the business. This is how I'm designing my website. No one's going to care because it's, it's drowned out. There's millions of people who've done that already. It's just not interesting. But when we looked at like when we went to Google to, to look at like how are we going to start this brewery, there was nothing there. So like it was a huge opportunity to be the person that's going to educate the market. And that's what, that's what differentiation is. It's like if you've got a business or if you're doing content marketing, who, who is the community you're serving and how is your content going to be different to what they can get elsewhere? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. Very interesting. Sorry, I, I, didn't, I didn't really answer your question. Um, <laughs> Your, your question was, can your personality be a differentiator? There's a few ways to think about this. I think personal branding is definitely really important and um, it's something I, de- I definitely do with my content and I've been us- using Periscope a lot to do calls and I'm really active on Facebook and um, with my groups and whatnot. Um, but I, I think like, like this book I'm writing for people who want to build a high-growth startup using content marketing, like the, the subtitle is, is how to build a seven-figure business with zero advertising. So um, I think if you want to, if that's what your outcome is, then building that around yourself is probably not the right way to go about it. And um, in the book, I go through how I've been able to exit myself from the WP Curve content marketing to build this business that is, um, you know, making significant revenues and has a decent team and has a manager that does all of the content for it or guest writers that do all the content because that's what entrepreneurs do. They create things, then they exit themselves and put systems in place to manage that content. That, that's very difficult to do if you're, you're running that sort of personal differentiation strategy. Um, oh, yeah. But having said that, it depends what your, your um, object, uh, objectives are. Like, like you might not be looking for a million-dollar business. You, you might be looking for you know, a few really interesting personal projects or, or you might do both. Like, like someone like Chris Ducker does both. He's, he's got really strong brands in all the businesses that he has, but then he's got a really, really strong personal brand focus and um, he uses that for pre- presentations, his community, his event, and, you know, makes a hell of a lot of money doing it. So, so you can definitely do both. But I think differentiation, it's like you can use your personal differences to tell your own story, but it, it needs to be meaningful to the people in your community. It's, it's people fall into the trap of being too selfish when uh-huh. it comes to um, content like you need to think about who your audience is and what they really care about there might be things about you that are a little bit different which is cool but um i think there's probably things about them that they need the problems they need solving that that deserves more attention and the differentiation just comes into like how do you get their attention what's something that would really flick their switch compared to what they're currently getting already and a, a personality difference in you is is probably not the answer most of the time i would say mm-hmm. ah yeah i see what you mean okay let's let's try to understand i mean um writers obviously are uh, people who can create content so let's try to understand in both uh, for both cases non-fiction writers and fiction writers what type of content and what format of content they could potentially create oh wow i mean there's so many i i um in the presentation I gave in, in Chris Ducker's event in the Philippines, it's called Tropical Think, Think Tank. It's an amazing event in the Philippines I just went to. And again, one, one of these things I've been able to experience just as a result of putting this book out there and creating this content, just phenomenal. But, but I listed on one slide all of the different types of content I'd tried. And it was an entire slide 
with three columns, I think probably 10 rows per column, so at least 30 different types of content I've tried. Some of them, I mean, 90% of them, no traction whatsoever, and I quickly moved on to try other things. So I guess to me, I don't spend too much time, actually, I don't spend really any time in the book talking about types of content because that kind of stuff is kind of easy to find out. Like, like you can go to the internet and look at blog posts about, you know, should I start a podcast or should I write content or should I use Periscope or should I use Instagram? But the important part of all of that is what is actually getting traction and, and what's like, what do people in your community resonate with? And you get better at this over time. I, I think once you start really understanding traction, like really understanding when people are paying strong attention to what you're doing and you're making an impact, you get better at, at, at looking at traction and, and looking at what's working. I think early on, I was just creating a lot of content and I was just doing all kinds of stuff, not really getting traction on any of it. And, and it, was, it wasn't until I created a really long detailed post. It was actually a podcasting guide, funnily enough. That was the first post I wrote. It was about two and a half thousand words. I was frustrated. I was like, well, my content's not getting traction. I'm going to write the best guide on podcasting that exists on the internet. And I wrote about 3,000 words on exactly how to create a podcast, really step-by-step details, strategies, some input from about 10 famous podcasters. So I got their input. I got them to share it. Um, I included one of Pat Flynn's videos in there. Um, I just I just went to town on this post and that was the the very first time I realized that this kind of content works really well for me. Like that post created over time thousands and thousands of visitors and um, 200 plus tweets at the time, I think after a couple of days and it was like 10x any other post I'd ever done. So, and Neil Patel, who wrote the foreword to my book, tells a similar story. He He created a lot of content early on, but it wasn't until he created this really impactful list of resources for designers that he realized this longer written content worked really well for him. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean the longer written content's going to work for everyone in this audience. I mean, I know people who are doing amazing things on social media. I've got a story in my book from a company who markets mainly on Instagram, who built a $20 million business in two years from photos on Instagram. Oh, yeah. um, there's, there's, there's people who've done similar things on Vine, doing videos, there's, I'm using Periscope at the moment and I'm getting amazing traction on that. I've been using it for two and a half weeks and I've already got 700 odd followers and I'm getting hundreds of people on my, my live streams every time. And like I, I can see that something big is happening there because I've done so much stuff that hasn't worked. When something does work, it really gets my attention. So mm-hmm. I think the, the mode of content is not important, but what's important is you try a lot of things and you find that balance between what you're good at and what your audience really likes. And it's tricky because, I mean, you really need to look at yourself and look at, really understand yourself and really be analytical. Um, no one's going to tell you you suck. And <laughs> you, you, you need to understand when you suck. And like I did a lot of videos and I sucked at video. And so I didn't do any more videos. And so I think you really need to, to look at what works for, well for you. And, you know, as soon as you get one of those posts with your audience where you really, really get that traction and people are sharing it, people are telling you that they're using it or they're saying they can relate to it, then that's when you know you've hit on something. And, and when that's happened for me, that's when it's led to really big things. Like, like the seven-day startup book came out of one blog post on my site um, about startup validation. I wrote a, a post about startup validation. It blew up. Um, it was one of the most successful posts I'd ever written. And that gave me the confidence to know, like, this is something that really gets people's attention. And I have, a, I have an opinion on this that is different to what other people have. And that's what made me write that book. So mm-hmm. paying attention to that traction is, is a skill that, that you really need to learn. 
Okay, and and that kind of you know brings me to to a point where I know that not only me but many people struggle. It's just you know the thing when you don't really know. I mean, you have at one side this you know don't give up, push forward, you know continue going forward, moving forward because you know uh, it's uh, it's it's something uh, that will happen if you don't give up and continue moving forward. On the other hand, uh, you know it may not be working just not because you know you you still need to continue and you haven't reached that place yet, but because you're doing doing something's wrong and you know you're not doing it well enough and it won't work even if you continue it for a while so how long do you have to stick to one thing in order to understand if you are going to get attraction or not i mean wh- when is the point that you realize that no this is not working i have to try something else this is just i mean this is one of those topics i could sit and talk for hours and hours about and i it's something I struggle with. It's something that every single entrepreneur I know, and unless they're successful and sort of everything they do is is now you know so much easier, which which does happen, and people forget to mention that. <laughs> um, but it's just such a such a hard thing, and there's no simple answer to it. the 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 only thing I would say when it comes to content is from all of the content I've seen, I think it's much 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 more common for someone to be doing it wrong for a long period of time as opposed to someone who just hasn't quite waited long enough for it to, to uh, really be meaningful. I mean, there is a thing with content where it's a long-term thing. It's just, it's, it's just not going to drive leads overnight. Like there, there are so many reasons why a blog with 200 really good posts is going to be, you know, a thousand times better than a blog with two good posts because, you know, Google favors that older content. Um, you start getting tractions on things, the social media stuff kicks in, you start building an email list, you start getting authority, this trust builds, the, the uh, proof builds, influencers start reaching out to you or, or your work to, to, to work on them starts paying off. It, I mean, there is a thing where you, you just need to, you need to take this leap of faith and that's, that's what I call it in the book. I, I call it a leap of faith. Um, at some point you need to decide that even if it's not working now, it is going to work in the future. But I'm so hesitant to say that because I really worry that people are doing the wrong thing and they just keep doing the wrong thing. So really the only answer I have for that is most of the time I think when people's content is not getting traction, I think it's because the content is not good enough. And, that, and that's a hard thing to hear. And I may be wrong. It may be good enough. It, it may just not, you know, maybe you know, I haven't promoted enough or maybe you just don't have a big enough audience to get in front of. But I think even if I'm wrong, the, the outcome of it is you think I'm right and you work on making your content better. And I think too many people settle for bad content and there's only positive things going to come out of you making your content better. By you, I mean the people listening to this. So it, it's just such a hard question, but I, I think making your content better is the best thing to do. But even if you do that, you still do need to stay in there for the long haul because the content marketing is just not an overnight strategy. Okay, I see. Well, let's then move uh, to the kind of, you know, the last part of the interview and, uh, you know, uh, talk a little bit about your upcoming book. So you mentioned 10th of August is the launch of the book. Yeah, 10th of August, it'll be free for three days. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, it'll be four dollars or something. That's not not much money, but yeah, it's. I, I really hope it goes well. Again, I I have absolutely no idea. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like it's like my first book, the Seven Day Startup, is all about. You don't learn until you launch. You, you don't actually know 
if something's going to be good until you put it out there. And this is just another example for me. I, I really don't know if this is going to go well. The, the, the editing process has been so full on. And like I read it, I read it over the weekend and there's just so much in this book that I, I really hope it's going to be useful for people. And, and I think it will, but you just, you just never know. But yeah, ho- hopefully it's the sort of thing that uh, your audience can relate to and they can uh, get, grab a free copy. I, even if they don't want to get the book or if they don't want to pay for the book, if they go to contentmachine.com, I've got about 10 different documents and frameworks that we've used to scale up our content marketing, everything from creating a strategy to guidelines for writing blog posts, so all of that's going to be released for free on August 10th as well. And you can get that without even getting the book. So mm-hmm. you don't have to get the book. You can just use that stuff. Um, and I've got a community on Facebook that you can join. If you put Content Machine into Facebook, you'll, you'll see that community. Okay. And so, yeah, hopefully, hopefully it goes well. Sorry, again, long answer, but hopefully it goes well <laughs> on 10th of August. So let's just, you know, uh, briefly explain people, uh, you know, what is the book about and who is it for so they they know if you know it it i mean i'm sure it will be something that is related to and would interest them but you know just uh, you know briefly what it is this time yeah i mean it i've called it content machine content marketing is about is about creating useful stuff for people in order to build trust and that's you know if you if you're a writer and and you want to build a business as an entrepreneur or a writer then that's exactly what you're going to be doing and you can follow the blogging crowd um, or you can follow the content marketing crowd. And, and to me, what I've created is hopefully a book that produces entrepreneurial content marketers. Like if you read this book, I hope that you're going to finish it and you're going to be thinking like an entrepreneur. You're not going to be thinking like a blogger. You're not going to be um, trying to release lots of content. You're going to be trying to figure out how do you build a business by creating content. And mm-hmm. um, I think – Maybe this will be useful for people who are working for other people in companies doing marketing or content marketing for those companies. But my, my core audience really is, is self-funded entrepreneurs, p- people who want to build a lifestyle for themselves, build, build a, a business, a high growth business, which I think is possible without outside funding. And I think if you want to use content to do that, I'm hopeful that this is the, the best book that's ever been written to enable you to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, I guess we kind of, you know, covered pretty much everything we wanted to cover, right? Did did we forget anything? Uh, it's your show. I mean, <laughs> if, do you think it's been useful? I hope it's been useful. Oh, no, it, it definitely has been useful. So I guess before just, you know, wrapping it up and saying goodbye, yeah, maybe you can tell where people can find you and and connect with you apart from, from the book site, like where are you usually on? online uh in social media or periscope and how you know how how to get in touch yeah i'm on everywhere on social media facebook just put dan norris and add me as a friend twitter at at the dan norris my handle on social media is the dan norris t-h-e dan norris that's my twitter handle my instagram handle my periscope handle um i'm loving periscope at the moment so if you're on there jump on there if you're on instagram i love that too i'm on twitter i love that too and facebook i'm obviously use that way 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 too much so if you're on there you can join my group or you can just add me as a friend okay 
Perfect. Well, thank you very much for coming over and thanks for your time and, and the knowledge that you are willing to share with us. All right. Well, thank you for having me and I, and I hope this has been useful for your audience. Okay. Well, I hope that the interview was valuable to you. It definitely was valuable to me. And I would like to let you know that since it's aired after the launch of the content machine, the launch of the book was extremely successful. It hit number one in several categories and it's still doing quite well. Uh, I would like to let you know that actually the book was really, really good. I read it in one sitting and I've got loads of useful information which could be used uh, for uh, writers because it includes loads of things, practical things that we, not only entrepreneurs, but also writers or let's say authorpreneurs can use. So I highly recommend the book. And in the show notes, you can get all the links to Dan's website and to the book's uh, website and the free resources that Dan mentioned. So otherwise, uh, before I leave you, just uh, another reminder to check out my resources page at anialexander.com backward slash my resources. And of course, why not get a free audiobook at anialexander.com backward slash audiobooks. So check those out and I will meet you in the next episode. Meanwhile, just, you know, keep writing. I'll definitely come back with more content, more encouragement and more inspiration. So stay tuned. (laughs) 